welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Ask a Painter Live with Nick Slavic. In this episode, Nick talks with Tanner Mullen from Drip Jobs about the benefits of going to Expo and what you can gain from other contractors' experiences. All right. Good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. I'm Nick Slavic. I'm the proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company. I'm also the host of this show, Ask a Painter Live. It is a weekly live Facebook show where I use my over two decades, almost three now of experience uh, to basically lend perspective, answer questions about mastering the craft and uh, being a trades entrepreneur in this space. Um, we got a very short intro here. You know this guy to the right. He's getting all his. He's yeah. Getting all his trying to share it to the group. Tanner, our best friend here. Uh, <laughs> so I want to talk about a few things before we hop into the conversation with Tanner because Tanner never disappoints. So obviously, if you want education uh, in person in your area in groups of somewhere between ten and fifty, there are things called masters classes, and I have about ten of them where I've used that three decades of experience, and I condense them down into digestible presentations with actual takeaways and action items and i can come to you and we can work on them together and uh so if you would like one of those in your area there's a link in here to have some of those we can start talking about that also big event coming up here um starting tuesday of this next week uh the pca expo the painting contractors association exposition this is the one big one of the year there's likely going to be four to 500 contractors, maybe five to 700 people in total vendors. I mean, the Sherwins, the Benjamin Moores, the PPGs, the Bears, the Graycos, the Titans, the Drip Jobs, everybody is going to be there. All the people that you know and love from the industry, the biggest vendors are going to be there. Uh, it's multiple days of education by people like us. I'll be presenting two uh, education sessions. Um, there will be a trade show at the end. There's an award ceremony uh, which is amazing. Uh, you know, we have a series of those up on the wall here and hopefully we're up for uh, three more. So we're hoping that we can bring home a few more for our company. But Tanner and I were talking about the Ask a Painter Live retreat that just happened. And we can talk on Ask a Painter Live. We can talk in Tanner's group, Painting Contractors on, on Facebook. We can talk via DM, text message, phone call. It's not like standing in person with somebody having those discussions. And the PCA Expo, the retreat, all these other things can do that for you. So there's a link here. Obviously, if you're going to go, you better make plans because it's in Orlando in, in Tanner's neck of the woods and it's happening this week. So uh, I would urge you, if you can't go to this one, please go to another. Um, besides that, Tanner, you are going to be there. And and we have not stood in the same room before, have we? No, we haven't. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, you'll find that I'm probably shorter than you think. Five, eight. So let's get that out of the way now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you set proper expectations, Tanner. You no, know, we're, we're going to get rid of the shock factor. No, uh, it's going to be a pleasure to meet you. And I think the first time we spoke, you told me, you know, I asked you what was like the most uh, impactful thing for you as you hit that stride in your business. And you said it was sitting down with people at the expo. Um, and I'm excited because normally I'm the guy teaching. And I'm excited to start listening, you know, uh, and, 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 and that's something that I'm open to because, uh, you know, just not being exposed or around, um, 
you know, the, you know, the professionals in, in that, in that environment, I'm stoked. And I think, um, what's interesting is about the expo is, uh, it's just all the different flavors. You have people that are running multi-million dollar commercial companies. You have residential home run hitters. You have young guns in the business coming in, trying to make an impact. And, uh, what's so cool is that I think there's such a wave in the last four or five years I've been putting myself out there. There's this wave of young entrepreneurs who their parents own maybe small painting businesses and they've seen some of the uh value in this industry and now they're ready to professionalize it and take it to another level uh i don't think the painting industry is looked down upon anymore and i think once you step into that environment you know you'll solidify that that idea well and uh this this sort of um perspective was given to me by jason paris uh probably within the last year and he's he's equating our industry now to the craft brewing industry 20 years ago which is there's some weirdos out there making, <laughs> making the really high-end stuff yeah, yeah. charging more for it having fun doing it it's a lifestyle business and then all of a sudden somebody sold to anheuser-busch for a billion dollars and then yeah. all of a sudden all the private equity all the investors yeah. all the scrappy like, we got something here yeah. yeah, they started looking like, hey, what's going on over here? And yeah. so honestly, right now we are in that weird sort of space where it's the Wild West. Honestly, if if you got two brain cells to rub together and a little bit of grit, you can live the American dream. But a decade from now, it will probably not be this easy. There's going to be yeah. a whole bunch of tanners operating and you're going to have to really up your game sure to just, just sure. play at a minimum level. So. It's a special time, Tanner. Honestly, it is. I feel like the painting business just woke up. I mean, you look at the roofing industry. I mean, that industry is so saturated yeah. in terms of the technology, in terms of the <laughs> the speed, in terms of the. I mean, they they have. There's a conference every week in the roofing industry. <laughs> I mean, it's insane, right? Uh, and it's like you know the painting industry. It's like oh well, oh they actually do conferences. You know, like what are like people actually paint houses for a living? The homeowners don't do it. You know, um. So you're right. I totally agree with that. I think in the next ten years. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be just like the roofing industry. Um, and I hope that, uh, you and I are still there leading the way. <laughs> well, listen, it's going to be the people like, it's going to be way better to get in now than a it decade is. from now. Not impossible. I mean, it's going to be a lot easier because the, the playbook and the strategy and, and the path to professionalization will be way more set. I mean, we have it now, but people are just not glomming onto it, Right. but you're going to have to operate at a higher level. You have to be a professional way sooner. And, um, yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned, um, you know, I had said that one of the most impactful things was Expo. And it's weird because when you look at my 29 years in this craft, 25 years have been this nice, steady ascent like this. And after you can actually put a pin in the map. When I went to my first Expo, hockey stick, just like this. Hmm. And I would never stand in front of you and everybody else who watches this show and says, if you pay your 600 bucks and go to Expo, your whole life is going to change. Just hold on and it'll take. It's talking to the people there. It's getting perspective. It's figuring out what your superordinate goals are, talking to the people who have been there and then getting action items and then actually doing something with it. And that's the beauty of Expo, which is like you said, I, I agree. And I always like to boil something down, this big idea of like, oh, the expo, I like to always boil anything down to like this one simple, tiny, you know, thing that you can grab onto. And I, I did a podcast on this the other day and it was about confidence. And I believe that confidence comes from experience and exposure at the you know, a, a combination of the two. And if you have exposure, but no experience, you're not really going to be confident because you're gonna be missing the experience. The experience solidifies big time because you're going to be like, Hey, I experienced this before I can grow to this level. But the exposure is that notch that you need, right? Being around JP, you know, being around you, being around some of the big guys talking about, Hey, I started just like you 
yeah. and I made I made it happen. I have a multi-million dollar company and this is the path that I got there. And that will initially, that, that is the confidence that a lot of people yeah. uh, I feel like will get just being in the same room be like, yeah, actually, you know, I could do that too. And it's that belief, you know, and I think uh, it's just good to be around that uh, expo is going to be great. Super stoked about it. Yeah. I felt like I was staring off into space and I couldn't comprehend the vastness and the infiniteness of space. There's things around I don't understand. And after I went to my first expo, one of the people who commented in here and one of the people who will actually be at expo, I just asked him, I pulled him aside. We had a little circle of trust. I said, how much can a paint contractor make? And he told me, and I was like, yeah, what? And yeah. it took that whole vastness of space and focused it down to, oh, path forward. Here we yeah. go. Let's do this. So yeah, yeah it's going to be fun, Tanner. So you're actually going to have a booth there. I will have a booth there. Yeah. So uh, it's exciting. It's my first trade show ever. So Whoa. Uh, yeah, first trade show ever uh, in, in any capacity. Well, I did one for uh, my painting company, but uh, a yeah. little bit different, you know, so trying to make a splash, you know, the, the biggest thing there is just, again, you know, getting, getting our name out there getting to meet people, shake hands. It's a lot different than DMing. Um, you know, hey, they'll say, hey, Tanner's a real person, uh, you know, and, and he's trudging along trying to create this uh, software company to impact the industry. And at the very least, just exposure, you know. Uh, we plan to uh, bring people in and do a quick demo, just kind of show them how uh, our software works. There's so many different... Um, different softwares out there. Uh, but we find that, uh, Hey, you know, what better, uh, software to, to, to try out than one that was built by someone that's doing exactly what you do every day. So I, I do want to talk about your monstrous Facebook group, but we do need to talk about drip jobs first, because, um, it is, I see everybody posting everywhere about it. So what do we need to know about drip jobs, Tanner? You know, what you, what you need to know is that, you know, in the same way that the way that we do business as contractors changes, Nick, like, you know, Hey, I don't know if people were using a sprayer 15 years ago, but maybe if the percentage of that was maybe 20%, it's probably 75% now. I think because of sprayers, it actually created the industry of cabinet refinishing. Mm, um, yes. and I truly believe that I feel like it was the people and I still feel like we're in the early adopter stage of cabinet refinishing, uh, which is really, really exciting. And I think that what I found in this industry is that everyone is so geared toward advancing the way they do the actual work, but not keeping up with the way that customers want to be sold. And that to me is, is where I spend 90% of my time, uh, focusing, uh, is, is how the market adjust in the way that they buy. And uh, for me, it's like, you know, again, 10, 15 years ago, Amazon wasn't that big of a deal, <laughs> you know, but nowadays, you know, you want instant feedback on everything. And we are kind of naive in a sense to say, well, well, we're painting contractors, so they'll just buy the way that we've always sold. And that's not true because people don't just buy paint jobs. They buy everything online, mostly 90% yeah. of things that they buy, I assume. So yep. for me, it's like, how can I bridge the gap and speed up the the uh the advancement in the way that contractors sell and i think that the focus for us with drip jobs is not so much about the software if you really boil drip jobs down it's a very simple software it does mm -hmm. estimating does invoicing schedules jobs schedules appointments but where we come in is two things that we find are big blind spots for contractors number one communication if you look at the vast majority of uh contractors you would find that their communication is lacking in a sense that to to the degree of that's being real polite tanner by the way i'm being very polite you know but i'm just saying to the degree of customers are almost just not even 
shocked when a contractor doesn't answer the phone, Nick. But if you call a restaurant and they don't answer the phone, you probably get a lot more angry than if you call a contractor and they don't answer the phone. It's almost like, oh, that's par for the course. Yep. And to me, it's like, well, that's interesting. You know, again, what we're trying to do is elevate the the perception of the trade, because when we do that, people tend to pay a little more money because they value it a little differently. So my mission is trying to create that gap there, bridge it together. And what I found is that, well, we can teach the contractor how to communicate. We could teach them how to do these things, but they're busy. Most cases, a lot of contractors, I think JP gave me this, uh, gave me this status about 90 something percent of contractors are doing under a million dollars a year, which means the owner operator is actively in the operations, actively yeah. in the sales, actively in the marketing. Where does that leave him in terms of communication? And one thing that I know, Nick, you and I both know is that as customers, we're selfish. We want to <laughs> feel valued. It doesn't matter how busy that owner operator is. If I don't, if I call that number and, and that contractor tells me, hold on, I'm already mad. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We can't That's have right. that. So what Trip Jobs does is it communicates for you. But how do we do that in a way that makes sense? Well, we have stages, right? And what I'm again, this is my this is what I spend all my time doing besides playing around on our Facebook group is finding out how I can simplify this, right? So what we do is we we as painting contractors, we take people through a process. It's not mm -hmm. like Nick, it's not like HVAC. It's not like, you know, uh pest control, right? Where the tech comes over, he can quote you and sell you at the same time. It's not the case, right? We have to go through a pipeline process in order mm -hmm. to be sold. So you have to inquire first. That's the phone call, the website inquiry. But guess what? I'd say 99% of contractors have a form on their website that once that form is filled out, the information drops right into their email. And guess mm -hmm. what? Then the contractor has to go into their email at the end of the day. It's probably too late to call. So they wait to the next day and mm -hmm. they call that customer. Customer doesn't answer because on that form, it didn't ask them what time they wanted the estimate. So then there's so much back and forth. There's so much friction friction yeah. just to get to the appointment. So one thing we do with Drip Jobs, we give everyone a little link. And that mm -hmm. link allows them to send to anyone that calls their phone. It put, We put it on the website. We put it on their Instagram. We put it on Facebook. And that customer can fill out everything, including when they want that estimate to be done. And all the contractor has to do is approve it. And the customer gets a confirmation. So mm -hmm. we're speeding up. Uh, the sales process, we're communicating for the contractor through uh, the vehicle of software. And we take that all the way through uh, from the final, uh, from the from the job being scheduled to the final goodbye uh, with a review link right in the inbox. So we're mm -hmm. thinking of all of the, the communication ahead of time and making it easy for the contract contractor to automate those text messages and emails. Nice. So if I was a contractor out there and I'm experiencing all the problems that all of us do early on, what, what problems will I be experiencing that this will help with mainly? You know, like any business, there needs to be some form of organization after 10 or 15 people, Nick. I mean, we start to lose track. I mean, maybe Joanne, uh, she can't get into her house yet because she hasn't purchased it yet. But maybe uh, maybe Mike, he has to postpone a few days because uh, his sister's a decision maker and he can't say yes to the proposal. And then we have Josh. He came in as a new lead and he still needs to be followed up with. And then uh, Sam called me the other day and he told me uh, that he wants me to wait until Monday to book his appointment. Okay, that's just four examples, five examples. <laughs> and I think we, I, I don't even remember what I said. So for yeah. me, it's like if we don't put it inside of something yeah. automatically, Nick, forget it. It's gone. We're missing out on opportunity. And when we miss out on opportunity, then we think that we need to spend more on marketing. But our opportunity was right in front of us. We just didn't have something to help us capitalize on it.
I got you, man. And you mentioned um, estimating invoicing all the way to the review link too. What does that part of it look like? I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, you know, ultimately what we want to do is we have a great presentation system that allows our customers to have a portal. They can interact with our proposal. They can go in, they can put down uh, a deposit right through there. I mean, what's interesting about this is that, mm. you know, believe it or not, we take everyone through the same process. You would mm. agree, right? Yeah, absolutely. From that, from that initial inquiry to that initial, yeah. and we want to systemize this to the to the degree of it could be duplicatable, scalable, and you know these are the things that you preach. So for me, it's like all the way through. We know once we do a great job, we want to send that person the review link. But people tell me, you know, Tanner, people don't leave me reviews, and I'd say, well, let's talk about that because first of all, do you do good work? Absolutely, yeah, I do. Good work, right? Let's you know, let's talk about it. Do you do good work? And I'd say yes. Okay. Well, let me ask you something. When you went to a restaurant and had an amazing time with your significant other, did you go and leave a review? No, you didn't. Chances are you didn't. Why? Because just you know, it wasn't that thing, right? So for me, it's like I understand the concept of you got to make it easy. So what we do is we grab the link off of Google, we throw it into the system for that contractor, and what we do is we allow that contractor as soon as that job is moved over to the complete stage, send a review link instantly within seconds. And I always coach my contractors. I say, hey, ask the customer to leave you a review and tell them you're going to be sending them a link. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, you know, if you thought we did a great job, would you mind leaving a review for us? We'd be so grateful. Hey, in a few seconds, I'm just going to shoot you a link from my phone. And at that point in time, you've just assigned accountability to your customer. And again, if you went over and above, I'm sure they'd be happy to do so. And that strategy has worked for me for, for years. And, uh, you know, reviews are, reviews are really good right now. Yeah, Tanner, it's it's wild. This is one of those things where I had to reset expectations in my head over the last two years because, you know, we'll do... 620 jobs this year and we will probably not get 620 reviews this year like that, that would be, be baffling to you you have to say to yourself like where why aren't these people leaving me reviews you know it's it's crazy because the amount of like if you just if you just let jesus take the wheel and hope you get reviews you're only going to get a very small bit i mean a third of one percent over the course of a year so then it's like oh okay this is like many other things in my life where if you're intentional about it and you have a plan and you measure it you'll likely get a better result yeah, well yeah we've been breaking ourselves over the last bunch of years and we can maybe get one to five percent of the people to leave a review and that sort of thing you're talking about is isn't is very critical because it's being intentional about getting a review reviews exactly. don't happen and the thing that i had to reset in my head is some of the highest performing people that get reviews that I know still only get zero to 20% of their people to ever give them a review. So I would, I, that still feels wrong to me. It feels like there should be way more, but we've identified a whole bunch of friction points in there that it's human nature, right? And it it's is. that uh, it, there's, when people are incentivized, they do things differently. But yep. when a project is done, yep. they're not necessarily that interested in you know, sort of doing like we've done this, we've wiped our hands of it. So I kind of yeah. like where you insert it right at that last critical point, because if you send it three weeks later, the, the efficacy of that goes way down. <laughs> it does. And you got to I, I look at it like this. I pay you paid me X amount of money to give you X amount of result. When we made that transaction, the customer agreed and I agreed that the value was equal. In other yeah. words, you gave me value and I'm giving you value in return. And our focus in my painting company is to exceed that value by 1%. So now you owe me something. Uh, yeah. I like that, man. You know, so like whenever that. my guys go to a job, I always, and we hammer this, look for something out of the box. Mm -hmm. Is there a little light pole that wasn't included in the quote? Can we spray the numbers 
uh, on their house? Can we help them, uh, you know, tighten a light bulb, anything to showcase to them that, you know, we indeed want to give you more than what you paid me for. And in return, it's usually comes in the form of, Hey, you know, at the very least, we don't want anything in return. Would you mind just leaving us a review? Because we see that as a compound, uh, return, uh, tenfold, just based off of, uh, the heart that goes into these reviews from our customers. You know, it's, it's really interesting. You, you said that at, at the Ask a Painter live retreat, we were talking about the private chef we had there, which was, I mean, he's like, he's like, I even heard about just through your met, through your post about him. I could tell that he was uh, he was a home run. So, and, and we, as this group of entrepreneurs there, 18 of us, we're looking at this guy saying, <laughs> this dude's one of us. Like he's not just a good chef. He made everything that we normally eat wow. 30 times better, but also he's a consummate pro. So the last day we were settling up with him, he's walking out in breakfast and he's like, Hey, would you guys mind giving me a review? And 18 of us took out our phones and we doubled oh, his Google review in 10 minutes. Oh, and I love that. It's like, Yes, he probably could have just emailed me the next yeah. week. And then yeah. I could have sent an email link to the group and said, hey, guys, wow. if we would. But you know the efficacy wow. of that. Some people would have done it. But he stood there in that house and asked yeah. us. And we were just like, yeah. of course. Yeah. Boom. 18 yeah. reviews. He's like, Can you do something for me in return for what I gave to you. And he's standing there vulnerable asking. And yep. once everybody, you know, I mean, that's so true. That's the best analogy you could give for this. Because again, like you said, three weeks later, unfortunately, maybe eight or not, I'm a little busy. I can't find this guy's, you know, I can't find this guy's page in Minnesota. I'm in Orlando. The rankings on Google don't even help me. Uh, you know, so, so let me ask you though, when you were looking for this guy, what was the decision maker? You've may maybe never hired him before. Was it his reviews? So no, this, and, and get this, this was easy. So in, in a, in a roundabout way, yes, I, I specifically, I mean, one out of every hundred transactions that I do Tanner, I actually look at a review. I, I look at holistically all the other stuff. And so when I did a Google search, his reviews brought him to the top because you can imagine in the wilderness of Northern Minnesota, most people, number one, don't have a website. Number two, they're not going to have a bunch of Google reviews. This dude had an up-to-date professional website backed by Google wow. reviews. So end around his Google reviews boosted him up in the listing sure. and the best thing. So I, I've been bamboozled by this before where somebody has a pretty good looking website and you put in an inquiry and it just goes off into the universe and yeah. you never hear back from them. Right. Yeah. This dude got back to me within an hour or two. This wow. is exactly how I run my business. People go through the website inquiry within 10 minutes, they get a response from a human. Wow. And so when he got back, it's like, Oh my man, <laughs> Here Love we go. The pro right here. So yeah. even that he, I told him and I told the entire group in front of him, I was like, listen, Jesse, you could have done mediocre food and we would still call this a win because of the way you operate your business. Wow. You would have checked the box of saying you have fed these humans relatively good food. But like you said, he did something extra. His presentation, he was wearing a chef's uniform. He had a, he had a binder full of laminated prep processes. He, he did all the dishes. Wow. Dude, it's like, it, it was just such a great moment to us. Like we yeah. need to be better. We need to be better. Yeah. yeah. But one thing that you as a customer, because I think that we're the most critical customers <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, you as a customer, I like reverse engineering your thought process to solidify my beliefs in the way that the customers that we want, which are us, the people that value things and have no problem paying for things. I like to reverse engineer that process. Yes. And I want to further emphasize what you out of what you said there was most valuable to you was the yeah. speed 
of which that you were communicated with after that inquiry. And when I go back to what I was telling you about how maybe 99% of contractors have a basic form. Now he had to get back to you manually. Yes, but with he did. Drip jobs, instant text message and email saying, Hey, we got your request. We'll be responding with you shortly. And, and that is just simply a hedge against the fact yeah. that 90 some percent of contractors are in operations during out the, during throughout the day to the point to where they don't have the ability at that moment in time, in most cases to respond as a human. And if they're not, then that 10 minute time period that you appreciated yeah. elapses and it turns into an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours next day. And, uh, and to me, like, I just love reverse engineering your yeah. thought process in terms of what you value, because it solidifies what I believe. Well, you know, like I, I think, I mean, everybody our age almost prefers the electronic communication. Our first, our first sort of like knee jerk reaction when we want to buy something isn't, I'm going to search around for a phone number and just call somebody because I want to talk to a human because no we're busy, man. It's not that we're impersonal, but it's like, we, we understand the internet and we yeah. understand that electronic communication can build trust just like an yeah. in-person conversation. Really or phone call. Yeah. And what's interesting is that every, what you said is absolutely right because when Jesse was with us for those four days during one of those days, he could not have responded as quick as he could because he's making us food. So just like Amazon, when you buy something, <laughs> by the time you click over to Gmail, there's already an email standing and it, there. And saying, if there's not, you're wondering if it went through. That's it. And, and <laughs> most people's website, Tanner, when you have that submission, there's not a acceptance screen. There's not a confirmation screen yeah. and there's no confirmation email. Yeah. So honestly, you'd be like, well, <laughs> roll the dice yeah. on that one. I don't know if that actually yeah. took the another go, You know, my wife and I are getting ready to, to build a house and we're in the process of interviewing builders. So yeah. not only am I coming in as a customer, I'm also interested to see what their process looks like. Yeah. yeah. 10 or 15 builders. One got back to us within two hours and we oh messaged them on Facebook. I mean, where ultimately, I mean, at least they, they will respond on Facebook. And it's just interesting to me that although yes, those other builders that we reached out to are probably going to do a great job. But when it comes to my thought process of a building process, this is a long-term process. Communication is one of my highest, mm, you know, yeah. uh, asterisks in terms of what I value. It's just, just based off of that. Another metric that I was looking at, again, I'm not fair because not only am I creating something that helps with this, but I'm a customer and a business owner is I'm looking at responses on reviews. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Although yes, it's great to have responses on good ones, but I love to see the responses on the bad ones, you That's know, true. and I, I really want to see how they respond to those. And, uh, you know, obviously we have to set emotions aside when we get them. And yeah. I think it's important for you to know you get one shot. There's no, <laughs> there's no reply thread there where you guys can hammer it out on Google, right? You get one shot. Um, I will ask you this because I don't think anyone may have asked you this. Have you ever gotten a bad review? Oh, hell yeah. And how hell did you yeah. respond? I'd like to know that. Yeah, always. It's it's uh, So you can always see them coming. Um, if you look at my reviews, either on Facebook or Google, I'll, I'll have the 4.8 or 4.9, which is, you know, people are like, normal. you know, you should, yeah, it, it is completely normal. Now, what you'll see is I probably have like three one-star reviews. Two of them are the typical thing that happens is I don't know you. You're not even from near me. You gave me a one-star review. Like I, you tried to refute it on Google. It's like, I don't, this is just yeah. confusing. I don't know why you did this, yeah. you know? And, and honestly, there are some ones where, you know, we, we have this internal thing 
you know, we have a very tight process and when we follow this process, we are guaranteed to have a happy client at the end. When we do not follow that process, we call kicking the door open. It's a death spiral. So we've seen this before where it starts with, you know, if, if they submit a form to our website and listen, one out of every 500 just blows off into the ether, technological disconnect, user error, something. And then they'll end up finding some other way uh, Instagram DM to contact me and they're already ripped. They're already saying, Hey, listen, man, I'm on your website. Mm. I never got a confirmation. I never got a confirmation email. And whether it was the client making a user error or not, they've already been like, this is not a good experience for me, but I'd still like an estimate. Now we can only bring ourselves back up to zero at that point. So we call kicking the door open, which is if we get that job, and one of our painters are four minutes late to the first day. It death spirals. Zero like, two. Oh, yeah. Like it's, it's 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 you're down two, right? They have, and, and again, it's it's Tanner. This is how the universe is. We never we never stumble once on a job. When yeah. we stumble, we fall over, we spill the paint on our face, mm. we break our toe, we run into yeah. a light pole. It's just like you can see this yeah. death spiral, and you're just like no. But I feel like that the customer plays into that in some cases. If you have that individual, and it's like they, they it's almost like they know uh, that the you know that, that there's some sort of disconnect happening, and and wow. it's almost like it's like they feed off of it in a way. And my and that's my experience because there's only like you said one out of five hundred uh, right. where that happens, and you know um, it's 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 a great learning experience. Uh, you know, but in terms of, you know, in terms of the perception of, uh, you know, what people see on your Google, if they do read that review, I mean, in terms of a response, it's always, you know, for me, I always just like to say, Hey, listen, you know, uh, you can read my responses, look up the ones on premium painting on Google. Um, and you know, for me, I like to at least tell my story, you know, like to at least get my story out there. And then, uh, I always wrap it up with, you know, our goal is to make sure that you're happy. I leave contact information on it. And, uh, and, and I know that there's going to be eyes reading those way more than the ones that we, we crush it. And that's just, I guess, nature because I do it, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, you know, I I check out the bad ones to see just more, more so the response, you know, and it's really interesting, Tanner, because most of the times 3% of the jobs get some sort of callback, whether we leave a screwdriver on site or whether they say, I don't think you delivered on the project. And normally those never make it to a Google review. They just, it the the mea culpa happens via email where yeah. if 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 one of my painters project managers estimators decide hey this is a relatively unhappy client i usually they it, it's a process called tap nick and mm-hmm. i basically get briefed on the project i look through all the stuff i talk to the painters talk to the project managers and then i will either call or email the client and basically say overall this is my responsibility and i will stand in front of you and say yeah. i'm sorry there's no excuses we should have performed better if you can tell us how to make it right for you, we will. If not, we completely like understand. That. Asking yeah. them what you could do to make it right instead of trying to figure it out yourself. You know, yeah. just be like, hey, just get, help me get to the goal here, right? <laughs> well, and what's really interesting is we've 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 pivoted from when I was a smaller company, I used to just say, I'm the pro, I'm gonna tell this client what to do. Now mm. we've had this great thing. Like, you know, we keep lots of lists and must do's and must not do's in my company. And one of our things is, you know, give the clients two choices or just ask them. Cause a lot of the times you'll be surprised what will make them happy. And most of the time, honestly, you know, this, it's not painting. It's, I just wish somebody would have gotten back to me three hours earlier, yeah, four hours earlier, but before the weekend, something like that. Or I feel like, I feel like I, I didn't see a project manager uh, for the first week of my job. And it's always that it's the humanistic side that is that. And 
we just started net promoter score this year. And that's been a really uh, kind of eye-opening thing because, you know, if you, even if you get a five-star Google review, I mean, you can't, you can't stand there and wipe your hands and say, boy, we solved this thing. Like there are still things you can improve. So when we do our net promoter score, we actually have our coordinator talk to the person. And if they say 10 out of 10, we say, what made a 10 out of 10? Or was there anything we could have done different in the process? And we're getting great feedback. Even when we get five-star reviews, there still are yeah. some feedback things about we could have done this. So that's, that's interesting. Our- that's really interesting because, uh, you know, I am, to be honest, I'm very, I was early on in my business, three to four years in, which is not that long ago. I was just shocked by uh, why we haven't gotten so many word of mouth referrals. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it was, it was very low. I mean, maybe like, yeah seven to 10%, you know, maybe, um, you know, which is to me in, in, in the scheme of things, I felt like, man, I feel like, you know, the impact that we made was, was way higher. Um, and, uh, I did something similar, not a streamline, but I would call back a week later mm-hmm. and I found off more often than not, there was always just something like, and that's There's interesting because, you know, the excitement, like you said, the efficacy, if that's the word correctly, I don't use that word much, but (laughs) the efficacy, I like it. Uh, Is that, is that about like the enthusiasm essentially? Like you're saying like, Hey, like this is the level of excitement and it, and and it's a scale that drops down after you do the job. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're kind of like in this euphoric stage and they're just like mesmerized by the way that it looks and a week goes by and you notice on the hose uh, we use their handle and they didn't clean the handle. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. the customer really was upset about that you know, that there was paint on their hose handle. And, you know, it's interesting that something so small will prohibit them uh, in my, in my experience. And this is what I believe is that just that, that little bit of thing there is like, man, they didn't care enough to clean off my handle. And then yeah. they're in their sink cleaning their handle and saying these guys, you know, uh, so well, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And, and even if it's not a big deal like that, like even if it's a, a shred of plastic or tape in a bushes, you got to understand that's that person's personal property and anything like if a dog walks over and takes a leak on your front lawn, even though it's not something that you can fix or take care of, and it honestly doesn't matter, you'll still feel offended because it touched your little safe space, your little personal property. You've talked to a lot of homeowners, uh, roofers, right? They might've had the best roof put on. They might've had the absolute best experience with the people. What happens when they find one nail? Exactly. Yep. Forget. Now we think that's all they talk about. Nails. Yeah. yeah, my yard's full of nails now. Yeah, don't let the dog out. We can't let the dog out. He's gonna get a nail on his foot. So I, no. I know. Yeah, I love that. So Tanner, it's really interesting. My first impression of of uh, getting to know you online was that you came here uh, to this space with a lot of wisdom because from day one, you did not focus on the paint job itself. You, I, I feel like you just assume that if you want to operate in this space, you need to be professional and give a proven product at a certain level. You focused on everything outside of that, the humanistic side, the professionalism, the business side of it. And honestly, if if people like you and I want to move the needle on the industry, being able to paint is not the problem here. Like when people say we need painters, fine, we need better business owners. And I think you came to this space with that wisdom of already saying, fine, paint, figure it out. But here's the things we actually need to work on because that's lacking. And I am a huge fan of you because of that. Thank you. You know what I realized is that there's only two ways to paint, Nick. (laughs) There's only two ways. It's either the right way or the fast way. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's what I learned. And, you know, I I, I say this because, uh, first of all, and most of that was just me playing to my strengths. I've never had a blue collar job. 
I yeah. always worked in sales, marketing. My father was a painter. I worked with him in the summer a little bit. But when I started my business, I had no clue how to paint the outside of a house. Yeah. So naturally, as you know, luck and faith brought me to the people that I needed to help me. Um, you know, I had to lean on their knowledge. And what I learned was is that. I don't know if that's the right way to do it. And I was so customer service oriented yeah. to the point where if this were my house and he was doing it that way, not shielding when he was spraying soffits and I'm seeing little dust of overspray hitting the roof there. If I came outside and saw that, uh, you know, I would be upset. And another to piggyback on that as well is that I always sold products I believed in mm -hmm. and I knew were great products. That was a hedge to help me have a springboard when it came to the sale. I'm an average mm -hmm. salesperson. I just sell really great stuff, right? Yeah. So for me, it's it like, I, it helps, right? So I sold Toyotas, great cars, yeah. you know, great following, you know, great, you know, all, all that's great. I, uh, I, I worked at a really great sushi restaurant in town, great food, great standard about the way they do things. Um, so anything that I ever sold, I, I had that hedge, right? So for me, it's like when it came to my product, which I, I believe the product that we're selling isn't paint. Uh, it's not the application. I believe it's the people and what they know and their skill sets and who they are as individuals. Those, that's what I focused on because I know that if I find somebody with really good character that has a coachable spirit, then they'll be okay with doing painting the right way, in my opinion, which is the consistent way, which mm -hmm. anyone can step in and learn how to do. And I know that you're doing this because I know that you can pull anyone from the street who has a coachable spirit that, and I, I enjoyed reading your uh, carpenter uh, uh, post, you know, I really did. I mean, honestly, I looked at that thing and I said, you know, holy cow, you know, somebody perusing, <laughs> reading this that wants to get on board of a spaceship or a rocket ship from where they are and what they've experienced and how little they were appreciated and, you know, looks at their significant other and says, you know, this could be my shot. That's what you've created for people. And, you know, I mean, I think that uh, at some point or another, we pass the baton to the individuals in our business because we know that we have to be on the business side. We cannot be working. It just doesn't work. There's only a certain threshold we can hit. So early on, I had to lean on the strengths of the people that I had. And then I learned the process and refined the process. Um, and then from there, I just got such an epiphany about, holy cow, I did it. I made it. I figured out how to do it. I figured out how to hire. I figured out how to find good people. Oh my gosh. And it's almost like I have all this water and I want to share it with everybody. And that mm -hmm. spirit in me to do that hasn't changed. It won't change. And it's only gotten bigger. And now I'm doing software stuff and trying to fix all these little areas in everyone's business. It's, it's my calling. It's, uh, it's what I love. So I appreciate that, man. It means a lot. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned calling. I'm, I'm, I'm working through the book grit right now. And, and I have a pattern of, you know, some people like to crush business where they're reading one every week. I read one like every two or three years and try to, like, <laughs> hey, so I like I'm, the honesty there. Okay. Yeah. Listen, man. But I, so I think, I think getting a book, going through it four times yeah. and actually implementing the stuff in it has been a, a better, yeah. not reading it to finish me. it. Right. Not reading it. Not to just get saying, it. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I know people who have a whole library of books and their businesses in flames and it's like, yeah. it's just reading them doesn't do it. So, but I, I say that because in grit, they're talking about calling and, one of the reasons that, you know, grit is persevering for a long time to reach a superordinate goal, sometimes decades in the future. And in order to have the energy to persevere through decades, sometimes without seeing any result, uh, yeah. hopefully seeing a little result through that, you have to have yeah. a passion or a calling and that has to be fostered. And yeah. people who people who truly are outliers in the amount of people they affect 
or the amount of performance they have. All the greatest figures of history have had a calling and things like that have fueled them, affecting other people's. The definition of purpose is affecting those around you. And mm. I like people like you, you naturally do it. We're naturally attracted to other people like that. Sure. It's a thing in you. Uh, it, it's, I, I haven't seen a lot of people who are, have a very selfish mindset turn around 180 and then all of a sudden just give to the world. So it's sort of one of those, the best leaders, the best producers naturally have this tendency to want to give to others. And, you, know and what's, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, I, I help quite a bit of people and it's almost like in my quiet time when I'm alone and no one knows what decisions I'm going to be making. <laughs> and I could get on that Instagram or I can get on that Facebook and I could say whatever I want to say. And chances are it'll be believed, but there's this pull. Yeah. because of what I've decided to do uh, to be held accountable yeah. in a way that people see through the BS, man. You know, yep. and it's like, if I tell you that if there's somebody in your business that isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing and is pulling you down, but you're too scared to let them go because there's a friendship there or there's something there that is, 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 is some sort of compromise that everyone around your business is seeing and you're sinking and you're not pulling the trigger. And mm -hmm. I have that going on in my business and I don't make the move to let them go, even though that's one of the hardest yeah. things in business, Nick. Yes. I can't, I can't get on that camera anymore. I can't get on the podcast. I can't <sighs> get on here and talk. So it's almost like the decisions that we make uh, are hard, but I'm grateful because I have this pull and, uh, and hopefully through people following me and listening to me, they get that in return. Like, you know, I don't even want to listen to Tanner's podcast anymore because I can't make that decision. And then yeah. they make that decision. They're like, you know what? Maybe I'll listen to that again. And, and maybe I'll get back into that forward momentum. And I think if, if, if they came to you and said, you know, you know, last year they said, Nick, I have this guy. He's just not working out. He's cutting corners. And then they come back to you again a year later. You're going to be like, well, you yeah. know what you need to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and that, that's, and that, that, that's, that's what's happened for me. And it's only helped me grow. You know, it's only helped me, uh, you know, be better in my, in my own painting business. So good segue from drip jobs to the Facebook group. Um, our industry, uh, I started, I started messing around with Facebook about a decade ago, uh, posting about my life as a painter. <laughs> and it's really interesting. You can, if, if you have eight minutes to keep scrolling, you can actually go back and see the early version of, you know, what we do now on my feed. Um, I think but, I went halfway down once. Oh, dude. Well, yeah, you got a lot. It's more you have a family. Me. What are you doing? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> so you have, you have five jobs, a Facebook group, and a family. That is a complete waste of time, yeah. Tanner Mullen. Uh, uh, no, good. But, but it's interesting because our I've been around long enough on the Painter Facebooks where I've seen our industry littered with people who come along with something to sell, they're coaches, they're, they're wannabe influencers, and they don't really have any core values. They don't really add any value to people around them. And sometimes they even start up Facebook groups and sometimes they even get really big. And the thing that I appreciate about you is that you are doing those things massively, but also I feel like you're, you're still at the helm of that Facebook group and of drip jobs and you're actually adding value and you're actually keeping it on the right course. Cause just like we talked about before this show, those groups can go rogue very fast and there can be yeah. mutinies and there's just disinformation and bad things. And I absolutely love, I don't know how you do it, but whoever polices that yeah. is doing a good job and please don't let it go sideways because yeah. I enjoy your group so much. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you know, it came out of nowhere, um, but you know, it's, it, it's something that I paid attention to in the other groups. It was, uh, it's almost, pro it was almost promoting, uh, you know, um, you know, the superiority that we shouldn't be promoting. Uh, we're all learning. Um, I still don't know 
probably 80% of what I should know. I'm getting ready to learn some stuff at the expo, um, how to refine my skill sets. And uh, I think, you know, I remember when I first started my business, Nick, I, I, we talked about this before, is that I remember having a friend uh, give me my first opportunity to mm. bid the exterior of their house, which was a little uncomfortable for me because at that point in time, I told you I only knew interior painting. Mm. I didn't know how to quote it. I didn't know how to do it. I actually had to call my rep and tell me what type of paint to use. They told me to use a, a locks on block sealer on a repaint. You know, I mean, <laughs> no longer with the company. I, all right. So for me, <laughs> for me, uh, I went through that process of, I don't know. And to be honest, I was scared. There, I was in a group. All right. And I was scared to ask. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was, it was out of fear that I would feel uh, like I would just be like an idiot. Like everybody like, Oh, how do you not know this? Sort of like what we see in these groups and we still do. And we're policing it and you'll just yeah. get, you'll just get booted because ultimately what we're trying to do is create a collective brain. Right. And if we can do that and everyone can learn and contribute, I mean, dude, the feedback we get from the people who actually uh, who actually get, you know, help out and get something from this group is the same thing you're getting. I love your group. I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning how to grow my business. And I truly believe the more knowledge that we have to uh, help one another. Again, it, it creates that same level of accountability that I just experienced. Right. Like you, you can't get on there and say, hey, you should have maybe uh, put this primer on there. You should have maybe mm -hmm. sanded this. And hey, you should have said this to that customer. Don't give advice if you're not going to take it the next time around. Yeah. And sure. I think that that's what's happening. So I like to provoke the group with like very seemingly simple questions. You've probably seen that. Um, hey, listen, that honestly, <laughs> that is one of the things that I notice most about that. And I know you want people to be involved. It's a great way to, you know, poke engagement. But also how I see that is you're creating the Wikipedia of what we do, a searchable archive of that. Sure. And you're, you're laying that down. People create all the content. Yeah. And now if you want to know about you know, uh, using credit cards uh, yeah. to have your clients pay yeah. by credit cards. There's probably 85 different posts on that. And you don't yeah. need to ask the question again. And, and what's funny, Nick, is that these questions I don't think of ahead of time. I go <laughs> through them in my business. If you read every one of those questions, chances are I went through something similar. Oh, yeah. the question. The last question I put out was, should you charge somebody in your business if they made a mistake? Yeah. Well, go figure. One of my guys painted the wrong room, the wrong color. Right. So then I thought to myself, man, this is a conflict. I want to, but I know that I'm not going to. It's yeah. like a little frustrating. So this is clearly something that a lot of us go through. So I put it up on the on there so other people can gauge what the, the majority says. And in most cases, you'll find that the majority the majority is going to lean toward the most professional answer, yeah. uh, which is no, everything falls on you. Better training, better systems, you know, better management. Okay. And anytime someone does something wrong in your business is usually a lack of one of those three things. Well, and it's really easy to suss out the, the good advice from bad advice, especially in our world, because the bad advice contains the F word most of the time. <laughs> yeah, if there's an F word in the advice, it's probably not good. <laughs> yeah, you could just cross those off. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would look for the ones that are that are more than one sentence yeah. and uh, don't contain curse words. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know what's interesting? I think Facebook's going to transition to the Reddit style of how these responses oh. go to where they're going to get upvoted, uh, which oh, I'm really yes. excited about. Um, yes. They're testing it out in a few groups. I've seen it. They haven't offered it to our group yet, but I think that's going to really, really clean up the group. It's going to hide answers that just aren't effective. And if you want your answer to be seen, you better bring it. Um, and I think yeah. at this stage, that's important. No, I love that. So talking about the group, how old is it and how many people do we have in the group right now? <laughs> 
it's one year old, uh, a little over one year. We just celebrated his birthday. Uh, you know, I'm just kidding. It was, uh, we started in January 15th of 2021. Um, and, uh, it has like 108,000 members. Now I, I posted something the other day that showcased how many people were active in a seven day span. And it was 72,000 people. That's a like comment or a reaction. So uh, that is what I'm most excited about. Yeah, I know that there's spam accounts and there's all these things. So it probably fluffs the number up, but I can look at that data in there and say, hey, this group is actually really effective. People are really engaging. And, you know, the vanity number's cool, but I look at that number of engagement. You know, that's what I gauge it off of. Thank you for posting that because that is a big brag. But also, you always wonder, all of us painters wonder because, yeah. listen, is this if I be an yeah, if I'm being honest, there's probably 20 or 30 people that I recognize that post all the time, but I have a feeling it goes deeper than that because there's not yeah. 108,000 people and 20 yeah. people do that. There's some predominant people, but seeing that number is like, oh yeah, that's actually right. And yeah, I mean, obviously in the United States, the high water mark used to be some groups right at about 20, 30, 40,000 people, but now that is legitimately the big one. And, and, you know, it's crazy when you get into India, Brazil, other places, I mean, there's, there's millions but in the United States, we we are legitimately some of the most professional contractors on earth. And these are some of the best gatherings, yeah. concentrations of that. And yeah. God, what people have no idea what a resource this is. Like I yeah. I've had my business for 14 years. Faith, Instagram didn't exist. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. Exist. didn't exist. I advertised by yellow pages and newspaper. Wow. And there was no, I mean, Chris Berry might have posted a video, <laughs> you know, one of his early ones, but there was no, you can't. You couldn't have searched up how to paint a house and found anything useful. Right. So it's what a resource this is, man. For yeah, people just all people. around. It really is. And, you know, I've even gotten to the point where I've sent some of his videos to my employees. You know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, he does great work. I'm a big fan. So. No. And, and yeah, what we have now as a resource is amazing. But we always have to remember that people's natural inclination is to attract towards human interaction. So even when we interact with people on Facebook groups, they still, eventually you'll get a DM saying, do you just have time for a call real quick? Yeah. And yeah. Well, if you take that to its farthest extent, like the groups are valuable, but understand that it's one type of value. Another type of value is emails. Another type of value is a call. The penultimate form of value is Orlando Expo Nick and Tanner standing yeah. in the flesh. Yeah, Nick, if you talking. can get down there to Orlando, you still got time. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the second through the the fourth, I believe. Second, second, third, fourth, fifth. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it's like a four. Is it four days? Second, uh, technically, you can register Tuesday night, the first, and then the main education sessions and the ex, uh, the big expo is second, third, fourth. So, and listen, yeah. you can walk right up to the door. They're going to let you in. It's going to cost something, just like it is pre-register. But yeah. if you show up, you're not going to get turned away. Yeah. Try to make it. It's going to be a great time. And Nick, I know you're speaking, so, you know, definitely excited to hear. Uh, I know you're going to be on the panel, uh, you know, so that's exciting. It's really cool. The first expo I was ever at, I did a master's class, my first master's class ever about the art and science of cabinet enameling. This was before the wow. big refinisher trend happened where I broke it cabinet down. Enameling. Yeah. So now uh, I have two, we're going to have a fireside chat, me and Jason Paris, which, all right, folks. I did a secret mission with Jason yesterday and we talked about the paint crisis. I'm convinced <laughs> you're going out to the ship. I cannot confirm or deny, <laughs> um, but Jason and I talked at length and Jason, I was interested in statistics that tell people how our industry is doing, professionalizing the industry, the path forward, the state of our industry. 
Jason was queuing up dad jokes to say mm -hmm. during this thing. So if I would go check this out, I think Jason yeah. has something very big for us planned during the fireside chat. But yeah. my other one is not about painting. It's about limiting beliefs. And we're mm -hmm. going to have some of the people from my retreat, which we went deep on that stuff, go there and tell people what it's like to do that. So again, painting is one thing. We understand that the entrance fee to what we do is being able to give our clients a proven product value. Mm -hmm. Now we have to do everything else. And a lot of it is that. So I'm looking forward to it. Speaking of cabinets, quick question. I'm seeing UV lights pop up. Are you a fan of uh, that process? Not at all. So at this point, I mean, when we use, uh, and, and again, my process is not the best in the industry. My process is a perfect replication of what we promise to the client and it exceeds their expectations. Um, when we use ScuffX as an enamel, that stuff dries in 13 minutes to the touch. Mm. Um, I We would not be in a situation where those things, as cool as they are, as sexy as they are, would add value uh, to what we do. Because at any time, we have three to four sets of cabinets in our facility, and we don't need to turn them around in four minutes because we're doing three other sets of cabinets. Yeah. But listen, as the master craftsman, uh, that stuff is cool, and I like it. And we may mess around with it, but... For the average painting contractor, yeah. delivering a proven process and the service side of it is going to give you a lot more happy reviews than technology in your shop, honestly. Agree. <laughs> Good to know. I saw I it pop like up. I figured I'd ask. <laughs> no, listen, man. I, I love all that stuff. And, you know, people, I still use oil primer and ScuffX. And people kind of like, hey, Nick, what's up? You're supposed to be forefront of the industry. Malaysia, Ilva, uh, yeah. Centurion, uh, you know, it, and all that stuff. And it's like, hey, guess what? We're using that in our shop. We're experimenting with it. But the yeah. problem is there are things outside of this that control whether we can use it, like distribution yeah. and logistics. And, oh. you know, we buy six or seven grand worth of cabinet enamel a month. And we need basically a shipment every day to our shop. So mail ordering from two yeah. states away doesn't always work. Yeah. It doesn't mean I don't like the stuff. It means yeah. that you know, we're going to spend $360,000 in paint this year. And logistics is a very important thing in my business. Wow. So <laughs> love that niche down on what you're good at. Keep, you know, stay, stay loyal to the system and you know, you'll get to the goal. That's it, man. Um, any last words, Tanner Mullen, before we break for the day? Yeah. I mean, you know, I just want to thank you, um, you know, what you do for the industry and, and, uh, I can definitely uh, appreciate it. And so many other people, you know, uh, are, are gaining knowledge from you. So just an encouragement to you that, uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. You know, it's great. And, uh, I can't, I, I've learned a lot and, uh, what you put out every week is, uh, is, is a blessing to the industry. So keep up the great work, man. Well, and, and thank you for letting me share a lot of that stuff with the people in your group, because we both know that, <laughs> you know, I don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers, but my God, what a good couple data points for people to at least touch sure. and feel. And, Agreed. you know, we have the best intentions of the industry here. We are not selling things. So we just want people to be like, this is awesome. We need to yeah. do this together. And you and I will be better served when this entire industry is more professionalized. It's Absolutely. not, it's, it, it's completely it's counterintuitive to what it should be. Cause you think, well, listen, if everybody's professional, if we're all doing these things, that's just going to be harder for me to get work. No, it's not. Our charge rate in the entire industry goes up. What clients expect goes up and the professional companies will be at the forefront. So absolutely. I love it. I'm excited. That's what I'm looking forward to, man. So if people want to get a hold of you or talk about drip jobs, what do they do? Instagram, uh, at contractor coach, uh, drip jobs. We do a free 14 day trial. I will personally give you a demo if you want. So if you go on the website and you click, uh, sign up for a demo, I will demo it for you, you and I. Uh, so we'll do that. And, uh, you can find me in the group. 
Um, yeah, so we got a couple different uh, channels for you to get a hold of me. Uh, and anyone watching, thank you uh, for your time on Saturday morning. I hope uh, we were of value to you, and uh, hopefully we can connect at some point. And watch social media next week. There's going to be a flood of activity from. Oh yeah, a lot of live streams. Oh yeah, we'll be live streaming. We're gonna we're gonna have some fun with it. So even if you can't make it, I know some people are you know stressed out. You know we really pu pushed it hard today. But if you can't make it, we'll be sure to 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 give you some access. Uh, you know we'll, we'll showcase it through the group. No, I love it. So uh, again, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate this. Thank and, you. Um, yeah, have a good weekend, Tanner. Yeah, and thanks man. everybody for watching. <laughs> Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.